Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to another episode of Conduits of Trouble. Judd Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Jonathan Harrison producing. We are recording this on uh, Friday, so going into the weekend. And, uh, Chipper, plenty to talk about, but let's start with this one. Your reaction to uh, the Twins losing out on the Craig Kimbrell sweepstakes with the Cubs signing him to a a three-year deal with some type of nebulous fourth-year option. But it comes down to this, $43 million. Uh, I guess Ken Rosenthal, Chip, reported that it went... Cubs raised, so I don't yeah. know where the Twins fell in, but the Twins were definitely in that group. Well, it's disappointing because the, the the contract he signed was reasonable. It was it wasn't one of those contracts where you said, "Well, I wouldn't have touched that." You know, that's just way too much for the risk that you get with his age and um, some of the wear and tear. I thought it was it's deflating because the fact that they wouldn't go above two years for a guy, for, you know. One, being in a situation they're at. Two, the bullpen obviously needs help. And three, that contract is just, I think it's very fair for a team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now it's a double whammy because you you still have the problem, and now you're going to have to give up prospects to address it. Whereas if it was just Kimbrell, it's just money. And it, and yep. if it, it, you give them the money, and it's easy for me to, you know, say it's no big deal, but if you give them that contract and it doesn't work out and he's terrible or whatever, it's just money. It, you're, I mean, yeah, it's not like it's well, going to hamstring you for 10 years. And in baseball today, it's not that much to be no. honest with you about it. No. That's the thing. So from a business standpoint, both on the field and off, to me, yeah. the Kimbrel deal makes sense. Yeah. It makes it's, perfect it, sense. Sure. And it's that's why I think it's deflating. And, and you had a real chance to send a message to your team, to fans, to the rest of the league that, hey, we're, we're a really good team, and now we're going – even more so to be all in on this, mm-hmm. and and so I mean they still have time. I mean there's, they're going to make trades. I mean I think it's pretty obvious they're going to have to do that. But so now what do you have to give up to well, get what? You, to, <laughs> Funny you mention that. Yeah, I've rethought that a, a little bit because up, up until Kimbrel signed, I was very much on the uh, in the thought process of I give up anything except for those at least top two prospects. Mm-hmm. So I don't give up Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov. Bruce Dark Gratterall, the pitcher who was pitching so well at Double A, has been hurt now, uh, and I was on the fence on that one. But if you look at Chip, if you go to San Francisco and say Bumgarner and closer Will Smith, they ain't going to say, "Well, we'll take your eleventh best prospect." They're going to ask for Kirloff or Lewis. Mm-hmm. Previously, I would have been like, "I don't think I can do that." But yeah. now, given the opportunity that the Twins have, the state of the American League in 2019, which is not a great league, how well this team uh, can hit the ball, 
I've rethought that a little bit. Yeah. I, I at least would be open to internally discussing a top two prospect being traded for a package in which I made a complete killing right away. Yeah, and I wrote that I thought those two should be untouchable just because, I mean, they're two of the top 15 in baseball, right? If oh, yeah, 20. Heard, yeah. And so yes. it's like, do you mortgage that and the potential of what they could be for this? But I'm sort of starting to think how you are because this is not a year where you're like, even though even though this team's really good, they have no shot to beat X team, or they're just not ready. I don't get that sense with this team. There's there's not a team you fear. Like okay, we're playing for second, right? Nope. And so now this might be the team. This might be the year to say, yeah, that would really stink to have to give up one of our best prospects. But we believe in this team, and if it if the payoff is hey, we could win a world championship, I think it's worth the risk of doing it. And assumptions of future success is one of the most dangerous things, and we've both yeah, seen this in covering teams. Yeah, you know, the 2010 sure. Vikings were going to be absolutely fine. They're bringing back everybody. How could it that was wrong? the all in? Remember? Yeah. yeah. So so assumptions of future success when present opportunities present themselves yeah. is is one of the biggest mistakes that executives make because you know what this twins team might be really good and competitive for a, a long time but the central the white Sox are going to improve yeah you know this division right now is just not good well and you just can't no sit one's and, good but you yeah and you just can't always sit around and wait on prospects and we we went through that for years with bucks and snow and now it's you're starting to see with bucks and that the star potential and you know whether snow comes around and be a consistent hitter you know we'll, we'll see but I mean, how how long have people been waiting on this wave of prospects to come through? And it's like there's no guarantees. It, it's hard because, I mean, you draft these guys and you see how talented they are and you want to see it through to the end. So I understand that. It's, I mean, it's I'm sure those guys are wrestling. Falvey and Levine are wrestling with it internally. Just are they willing to do that? Yeah. And I'm not uh, implying that they should just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. But if the package is right, and, right. And you're getting uh, – a potential top-end starter, so a guy, for instance, in a playoff start to slot in behind Barrios and a bullpen arm or two. Yeah. Because this, the other thing with this Twins team is the shortcomings of this club have been apparent for, what, now, a month? Mm -hmm. At times the bullpen's doing fine, but you never say to yourself, I'm confident in that entire bullpen. And the starting group has some assets for sure, but you're also Martin Perez, you don't know. Yeah. Pineda, you think you know that he's probably not a starter. Yeah. Uh Gibson, I don't I don't I trust him to a certain degree, but I don't want him ha having to start a second game. I trust Barrios basically. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is where going back to the Campbell versus this, you know, ha having to trade for someone now where there's more of that fear of the unknown. Like whether if you if they would assign him and it doesn't work out, they're terrible. Well, you're out money, right? Okay, it's you don't like losing money, but it's just money, and it's not a ton. <clears throat> but now, if you're if you're making trying to go for a big splash, and it's like, all right, we got to give up Lewis or Kirilov. Then there's that like other thing on your shoulders, like, well, what if we, you know, trade for a pitcher and they blow up their arm, third start, and now we're out of prospects. Yes. But you can't be paralyzed by the fear of the unknown, and that's why executives are paid a lot. You, you, hey, I, listen. <laughs> If we if we agreed in uh, in 2017 when this team made the the one game wild card after after making a trade near the deadline that looked like they were going in although it was Jaime Garcia so <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to sell that as yeah. a great all in but then was struggling a little bit and bailed completely or tried to yeah. okay if I'm going to trust that 
then I have to. But the one thing I haven't seen it, and you have to, if you're going to trust Falvey at some point, is all right. When it's time to go all in, can you do it? Yeah, and, and that takes guts. Sure, because there's 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 no guarantees, and so you just have to. I think that's where you have to, you know, one trust what you're seeing with your eyes with your 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 team on the field, and that this is a good team, and it's worth strengthening and bolstering. And I just think it's going to be interesting to see because you know every team that's that has something is going to want one of those two prospects. Yes, yeah. I mean, if you've got something good, yes. If you have something good, they're going to want that. So it'll be this will be yeah, this will be interesting to see how they. How they handle the the short term opportunity here versus their you know long term vision of hey they got these you know couple of really nice highly ranked prospects and we want to see that through they'll be they'll be pressure to you know yeah to really go for it well and that's where I guess the Kimbrel thing comes back to confuse me a little bit Keiko yeah. Keiko I get because he's but he wasn't that much money either Jim. no no but but Kimbrel Kimbrel would have been that. You could make a case to me that that Dallas Keuchel was not as good in 2018, and that you don't know about what he's going to yeah. do, and he wouldn't be pitching until like yep. July 1st, right? Yep. But Kimbrel's a, a reliever type. You can get him back fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. That to me, if you were going to try and sell me on a gamble, yeah. the Kimbrel gamble to me w- was worth it. And when I saw the years on that contract yeah. and the financials, there was nothing that I said, oh, that I would have gotten out too. And I don't even think that would really be a gamble. I mean, because it's not that much money. But if you were trying speaking. to say that it was, if, yeah. if you were trying to be cautious, sure. yeah, say sure. there's, some, there's risk here. So here, here's the contract. Do you think it's worth it? In Keiko's case, I would have said, all right, I sort of get what you're saying there. Yeah. In Kimbrell's case, I would have said absolutely. And he might have gone, you know, he might have picked the Cubs anyways if they went to the thir- third year, but at least... You know the fact that you were stuck on two and wouldn't have gone I a third. Gone above forty three. Yeah, million though. I would have gone up to forty five. Because at least. to me, that cost. What's the cost of your prospects now that you're going to get rid of? Right, and, and how many? And how many? Yeah. Or or how good? Or which ones? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you're going to have to do that. Sure. If they don't do that, if if we're talking on August first, and they have basically added a fourth starter or something, yeah. I'm going to be very disappointed. Sure. And because so is the team, and and they should so be the players. And I trusted, I trust the fact that as the Twins uh, signed guys like Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope and Gonzalez, I trusted that they honestly didn't know how good this team was going to be. Completely buy that, yeah. agree with that. Well, who, who, but we know you, now, yeah, we know yeah. now. And now, as you, as you like to say, Chip, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It's, it's yeah. go time. And so. Yeah, if 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 they don't do something significant, it's going to be very deflating to fans. It, players will never say it in the clubhouse because they'll say, "Oh, we we got enough here to win." But I guarantee it. Oh, they would be. be. <laughs> oh, the private. players will be very disappointed though. Yeah, privately. If you're Jonathan be. Scope, yeah, and you bounce back, and you're having this year. Well, and how many shots? How many times in your career do you get a shot where you're the best team in baseball? You know, yeah, you, yeah. where you feel like, all right, we legitimately can go win this thing. Yes, it doesn't happen every year. So you know, Good point. that's where that's where you're sending it. And as we mentioned, it's like I don't think you ever do anything for just public relations value. I mean, it has to be your. But imagine the PR that they would get in players and fans. Where if you made a big bold splash and you said, "All right," but that's ticket sales too. Sure, and that's a big deal. Yeah, that pays these players. 
and just just the perception of the franchise because you know the cheap poll ads and everything yep. else that goes with it, and they never spend money. And you did saw, something bold and ambitious, and we saw that same thing. Yeah, well, they, yeah. As soon as Kimbrough signed, you saw all, all the tweets. Yeah, typical twins. I'm out again. Yeah, cheap poll ads. Yeah. When I went to Target Field on opening day, I saw something that, from a business standpoint, has to drive them all nuts, and that is. Suites with signs that said, if you want to sit in this suite for a game, yeah. call us and it's X amount. You know, if you go, if you sign Kimbrel or now you, you make a significant trade, mm-hmm. guess what? Those suites are be gone. And I think, it, you know, well, we saw it last homestand. They are. Fans did come back. I mean, you're, you're getting sure. sellouts. And I think now that school's out and it's warm and the team's best record in baseball, you're going to see that anyways. But it's it just, it would amplify that, right? Yeah, and I still think that although fans came back in the last homestand, I also feel like there's a wait and see caution still. Really, a little bit, yeah. Well, and but here, and here's where I don't blame fans, and here's where the Twins have a chance to make a bold move. The Wolves aren't good. The yeah. Wolves are back to we're trying. Yeah, the Wild is not good. They're in the wilderness right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so the Twins are the one team, and. The Vikings are the Vikings, so yeah. I don't e- even include them. But the Twins have a chance to say, not only are we good, we know we're good, and we're doubling down. And it's uh, that's that's the point about go time. Yeah. At some point, you have to say, this is real, and we're going to capitalize. And I will say, though, I've done a lot of socializing last two weeks because of grad parties. My daughter grad, so I've been to a lot of out and about. And everywhere I go, Judd, I mean, honestly, which has never happened, people are asking me about the Twins. You know, my my thirteen year old first time in his life is asked to get a Twins jersey. I'm disappointed by that. I know. First I time in his life. I w- I came down. The, fan. I came down the other night, and what, what's happened to the kid? I came down the other night. He's got the game on. Never happened. I'm talking about. Yeah. Never. That's what I'm saying. And so people, I was I, w- I made my my Chipotle run at uh, at work the other day, and uh, and one of the security guards. Said, hey, I thought you'd be in Cleveland. I was like, yeah, I don't travel. But I'm writing about him is when I was uh, writing about, hey, this is time to you know, spend. And he's like, all right, yeah, looking forward. To-. People are talking about the Twins in this town that has not happened in a long time. Absolutely. And so I think I think it's more than – I think people are jumping on the bandwagon. I think it's more in wait and see. I, but but don't, you, don't you think that, that they're – exactly, at the back of the bandwagon right now? Probably. So. My point is, I don't think that they're fully on yet. I think they want to get on. And I think yeah. they're watching, but they're also, to me, they're teetering on that. Well, is there a reason to stay on the bandwagon at this point or jump off of it? And if you go all in with a move, oh, yeah. fans are going to say, "Oh yeah, yeah." And and, and it's godforsaken sports town. I don't. Again, I don't blame. <laughs> yeah. them. Seriously, yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. Well, they've been beaten down for so long. Yeah. That it's hard. To- Can you imagine what happens if a, a team or a, yeah, a team in this town actually wins a men's major sports team yes. wins a multi-game series? I know. Or just a reaction that would happen if they went and traded for a Bumgarner. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Your reaction uh, to the news from uh, the TCO Performance Center this week, Chip Scoggins. Um that Kevin, I was, yeah. Kevin Warren has uh is is becoming the commissioner of the Big Ten. Now, this is going to take a while, I think, for to transpire. Six months, yeah. But uh, he's been with the Vikings. Basically, he helped the Wilfs buy the team, their, their lead he was their lawyer, lawyer, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then got a job quickly thereafter. In 2015, was named uh, COO of the team. It hasn't been talked about a lot from this aspect. I think this could be interesting for the Vikings, very much so, depending on who replaces Kevin. Yeah. At first, I was 
you know, like everybody else, I was shocked because it just wasn't on my radar that I thought they would. And your college. Yeah, team. I thought, you know, they would pick an AD from me in conference, you know, from the conference or somebody from college. I mean, Kevin really hasn't done much in the, at the college level. So, um, yeah, because, I, one, I don't know if there's anyone internally that they're looking at. And, two, if you have to go outside, you never know, you know, what that person's ideas are going to bring. That's but what but I, they're, yeah. right now, you know, Judd, they have a pretty clear separation between business and football. Right, I don't think Kevin Warren's telling Rick Spielman who to sign or who to draft. Yeah, I think he just handles the business and the, you know, he was instrumental in the the new, the new team facility and the in the stadium. So, um, that yeah, as you mentioned, that could be interesting if they hire someone that all of a sudden wants to run the football too. Then you'd have a problem. And I we've think. seen that before as well. Yeah. So if if they go outside, unless and the Wills just say, hey, outside, we're, we like the way it is. You handle the business. We trust Spielman to run the football part. We don't want a whole lot of overlap there. But that's true. But the Spielman contract makes this very intriguing yeah. because he's got, what, two years, two years left now? Yeah, they picked but it's really option. one year unless it gets extended because we've seen guys get blown yeah. out with one year left a lot. So it's just going to be if they go outside, it's going to be very dicey on does the person come in and say, I love to run the business operation and I want nothing to do with football. Or as we've seen before, especially in football, guys mm-hmm. will come in and say, oh, I know football. Yeah, the, and, yeah, exactly. And, and here's who I want as my GM and here's who I think should be that guy's coach. Yeah, well, that's – that's you do wonder if – you know, the Wills are very – they have their their core group, right, that's been together forever, Spielman and, and well – Warren and Steve Poppin and Brzezinski. and Brzezinski and so you wonder if is there anybody in their family business in New Jersey that they'd want to put in charge there? Are, are there any kids who have been ascending? I don't know. I don't up know. the ladder as well yeah. because that's been the case. I, I just don't know if they're prepared for a job like that. But again, if you're related to them, you know we've seen guys get jobs when, when they're mm-hmm. fairly young, and you're surprised by it. But it's part of being in the family. Yeah. When's the last time they've really had somebody of a executive this type? Position that they, I mean, because Spielman and Brzezinski have been together forever. Well, Rob's been there since '99. Yeah, and Rick Lacroix got there. and Poppin. I mean, they've all been. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this, this is the first real and like look, senior level. Steve Lacroix or or Steve Poppin would make sense, and they would not be football guys, no, but no. they're but they're good business guys. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just I'm curious because this is a very attractive job as well, yeah, and I'm I sure mean, they're going to get some phone calls from people who are who say. Yeah, you know what? I'd be fantastic for this job. Oh, I'm sure. And as we know, the Wills love those phone calls. Yeah. Well, I know Bill Parcells is how I start all my calls to them. Because <laughs> then they just say, tell me about Parcells. And I'm like, ah, yeah, back in 78, you should see what he did. Oh, they love the Parcells I know, stories. I know, they love the Parcells stories. Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, as far as the football, well, Kevin will be there through this year or this season. So what's the transition? I Do think you know? I because Delaney's going to be out in like next June, right? Yeah, but I think Kevin's going to take over at at the turn of the year. I think he's going to okay. kind of uh, be there working Transition side by in. side, just to you know. Because I mean, you know, he's walking into there's some big ticket is- items for the oh, commissioners any, now. Not and an easy job. You're, you're looking at uh, cable cutting and how that might affect TV packages. Because right now, I mean, the Big Ten Network, I think, what was it? They they're giving each school forty one million. And they just re-upped with their with a Fox ESPN correct like ABC last year, package, right? Last year, yeah. So I assume it's a four or five year deal. But um, you know, how is cable cutting going to affect you know how much they give schools? The whole uh, paying athletes that's going to be 
you know, something that has to be addressed. True. More than it is now. And so, yeah, there's some big, he's stepping into a big, you know, big shoes with Delaney's. What's your sense from being out, out there for uh, OTAs and around them right now, the team, about the feeling of pressure? Courtney Not... and, and Collar were having this conversation on Purple Daily on uh, Thursday's show. Yeah. And Collar pointed out that, that he felt like there was a, a level of, how can I put this fairly, uptightness out there. I don't think it's to the degree it was last year, but I think there's still that level of, hey, man, this is Super Bowl or bust. And nobody's really saying it like they did last year. Because, I mean, they didn't run from it last year, right? And Do you feel that's from them internally? Because it was they, us last year saying it, and they were trying to deflect well, it because you never want yeah, that exactly. to be the mandate. I think well, we all knew it. Well, I think they just know. I mean, you look at the roster, and you look at, yeah. you're look at you looking at how many guys have been Pro Bowl. You've got an $84 million quarterback. I mean, you've, you know, you're just a year removed from being in the NFC Championship, so it's not like you've been bad for five years and then you had another bad year. I mean, this is a team that was on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl, you know, 12 months ago or however many months ago. So, no, I, I, I still get the sense that that there's – I don't know. I, I don't get the uptight feeling, and, but they're around them a lot more than me, so they would have a better sense. But I do get the sense that they – this is not – I don't think anyone's going to come in and say, you know, nobody's believing in us. I don't think you're going to hear that at trading camp. You, you never know. know from Zim. I well, hope you don't. I, well, but we heard that after they won if the, he says the division. That, yeah, I don't because I, I think people but still look loves, at the. He yeah. does love this. He loves this story now of yeah, but, we struggled and now we're going to come back and rebound. yeah. But I don't think he can sell this as you know everybody's counting us out and all that type of stuff because I I think people look at it as like hey man you guys underperformed <laughs> this yeah. is you know this is not you had a bad and, year and that's and, an understatement yeah you guys really underperformed so um so I mean. I, I think the expectations will still be, hey man, you gotta get to a playoff and make a run, because the clock is ticking on that core. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Harrison Smith is what thirty now. Everson, you know. The, well, there's a lot of guys who who win or lose. Xavier Rose, nineteen are probably gone. I, there is going to be a point where they sign all these guys, but there's going to be a roster churn coming up where you're getting rid of. And there needs to be. Yeah, because you just that have to, to happen, and that's why, and that's where I think the pressure comes from. These guys aren't dumb; they know that at some point you're seeing it now with Rudolph. You know, well, all these contracts are not going to work, and so they have a limited window here of when they're all together because they're going to break up that core eventually, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be five years down the road. It's going to be two, probably. Short of extreme success this coming season, two chip. I think Cousins is probably three and done. I think Cousins was brought brought in for a very, in their mind, for a very singular purpose. Yeah. And that that was a team coming off a disappointing loss, but in the NFC title game, but a 13 and three season. And to essentially win immediately, I don't see Cousins being their long term quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, there's, you're right, there's extremes. You're either going to, do what you thought you were going to get done and win a championship with them, or you know, if it, let's just say they get to the playoffs and win a game or, or lose game, are you going to sign him up to a long term extension after that? And I think that they've seen the drawback of, of that. He's not a good enough quarterback to justify what he's getting paid. And if there is success, he's certainly going to come back and want more now. Mm-hmm. And we see Carson Wentz just got a ton of yeah, guaranteed cash. Do you really want to? Because this is the first time, Chipper, in how long 
that uh, Brzezinski and the Vikings have dealt in cap hell. Yeah. You know, Rob's unbelievable. Yeah. But there comes a point in time he where, where he can't wave his magic cap wand. Sure. And so I just don't see going down a path of saying, well, Kirk had success, and so we're going to give him another big contract. I, I'm, well, at some point, you got to draft somebody then. Oh, very much so. You know. Well, and but okay, full circle. This is where if you go outside and bring in a COO who gets in, in the Wilfs year, and football guys can do, do that. You know, mm-hmm. they're yeah. enamored with football people, as we all are, of course. Um, but if you go out and bring in a, a COO who comes in and says, "I know about football," there's two things that person can point to Rick's inability, and the, the Bridgewater thing's too bad. Yeah, but you could still point to he's never found a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, Favre was if, a godsend and Childress brought. Yes, exactly. If Cousins, yes. If you win nine games. And and the other thing that that person could probably make a very um, good case about is this, too. Your philosophy is to win with a defensive first coach when this league is turning more and more towards regular success in the season yeah. coming toward coming from offensive guys that's my point about it would be interesting if they got somebody who said the zimmer thing was a great idea when you did it but it might not be a a great idea now so is is kevin technically spillman's boss i believe he had control over everybody essentially and i think that's what i understand it's like i feel like there's just a clear divide well they don't like to talk about that but I i think that he had i think he basically had control but of course the wilfs are ultimately because Mark Wilf, if I'm not mistaken, carries the title of president of yeah. the Vikings. So I think it went Mark Wilf above Kevin, but Kevin certainly had had lots of say. I think Kevin got that job, if I'm correct about this, due to largely the Adrian Peterson mess. Because if you if you recall, and this was the Vikings' fault as a whole. But when they put poor Rick up there, and I do not yep. fault Rick yep. for that Adrian Peterson press conference, and it was a, you know, and had the Radisson banner behind him, mm-hmm. and it went haywire. It was Kevin and Mark Wilf then who later in that week went up to like podium. Two days later. Yeah. And Kevin, you know, Kevin's a very smart guy mm-hmm. and really straightened that thing out. And Mark just kept saying, we've got to get it right. But Kevin was, you know, incredibly calm and good. And I think they said, okay, we, we at least need. A crisis a, a cri- yeah, supervisor. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's – and that's – you know, I, I understand the point of they may bring in somebody that says, I want to run football too, but I wonder if they make it clear that, hey, we're we're dividing this. You're not the GM's boss. You, we want you to be the boss of the of – and I think that's probably – And that's a great point. I just – I don't the know Vikings if that's the way so- they want to keep going. Is it, is it just worked out that way because they have so much faith and trust in Rick? Well, and – Because you know, I mean, they, they – And real- that's where I – I would guess that there's going to be plenty of people who push internally for it to come from inside. Yeah. Because, you know, Kevin, but by the time that Kevin got the COO job, he, he'd been here for a long time, and and whether people liked each other or not was not the point. They all yeah. sort of knew their roles. Their roles, yeah, for And sure. Kevin hadn't been the football guy, per se, but it's the Vikings, so I can never guarantee. Yeah. Like, I can't sit here and say, well, I think it's going to be Steve LaCroix, and that's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there would be cases to be made that with the way the football is going. If you got a different thought process, yeah. that you could have a guy say, "Hey, look, this is an offensive league now. Your guy can't, your GM can't find a quarterback, mm-hmm. and your coach coaches defense." Yeah. So here's another idea. Well, I guess it depends on who they interview. If they just say, yeah. "You know what we we like Steve Poppin, we're gonna make him," or do they say, "You know what? Let's see what's out there. Let's talk to a bunch of people and find." And they may find here's, somebody that here's the one thing uh, that why I think that they might look a, a little bit 
is are you just going to hire a white person internally when you've you've been known as and, yeah, and that, that's, that's yeah. great yeah. but you know by hiring Kevin was seen as a significant step for this league and yeah. it worked out I think pretty doggone well right mm-hmm. so are you now going to just promote a guy from inside yeah. I I think with a, a lot posi- of questions with a position like that you have to look around I mean you can't just why not? I think right why not do it yeah, it doesn't hurt. You may be blown away by somebody, or somebody right. may come in with just some incredible ideas that you know it doesn't hurt. So I, I assume that they'll open it up and talk to you know people around the league. That there's got to be somebody that we don't know about that's some that's in in league circles that everybody says this guy should be running the team. Can the new Wolves assistant coach, who's going to be it sounds like Ryan Saunders' right hand man, Chip Scoggins. Does that guy, because he has worked with Andrew Wiggins in Canada with Team Canada stuff before, does he have a snowball's chance in hell of uh, getting to Wiggy? I have my doubts and skepticism. Yeah, so do I. Um, so do I. But I would say, you know what? It doesn't hurt that he's worked with him and has a relationship, and maybe he can pull more out of it now or out of him. But will you be able to get him to the point where you're like, He's a superstar in this league. I, I, I don't buy it. What you do know? you think would, would be, and this would be ultimately, obviously, not the desired result when the Kevin Love trade was made, and I get that. But if this guy can get him to become just a semi-effective role player, and now he's going to be paid way too bleeping much yeah. money, but you know, I think if we're still holding out hope that somebody's going to get to Wiggy and turn him around, I think we're absolutely crazy. Yeah. But, you know, as Cunningham pointed out to me, he can shoot from the corner a little bit, the threes. Like, there are certain things he can do. Yeah. But if the end end result is this guy comes to Ryan and Glenn Taylor and Gerson Rosas and says, here's the best I can do, mm-hmm. is that good enough? Well, you unless, like you can trade trade, unless you can trade the contract, I right. would say... I just want consistency where you don't just have these pop-ups every so often and just the those games that tease you where you see what he can be. So maybe he can, you know, coax more out to where it's it's not just every now and again Wiggins will show up and have a, and dominate a game. And I'm, you know, but, I know he's not going to do that. But what does that look 75 like? 75 times a year it's not going to happen. I don't know. Maybe it's That's my problem. I don't know what that looks like. I don't like. yeah, I don't know. I, I what parts of his game are you going to develop? His outside shot? Is he going to become a better three-point shooter? No. I don't no, see I think that you're going to find. I think you're going to find um, where he shoots best from, three-pointers, and have him take and, a lot do from that, yeah. that area. I think it's just more – when you look at the Rockets, like all their shots are either three-points or dunks or at the rim. Yeah. You know? And so maybe they try to do that with Wiggins. Like, hey, drive more. Let's get rid of the mid-range. Whatever it is, however we do it. You know, we'll start finding you if you if you shoot. Well, more. and they might not sh- shoot those a- as a whole now. Yeah, so because those that's, just might be out of the, the pick, equation. Well, I'm sure it everybody. is because yeah, I mean, that's, you don't want them. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole rockets thing is you know three pointers right the It's Not going to be Houston chips. Yeah, Rockets. it's not Houston. Gerson told you it's not going to be not going to be Houston. Damn yeah. it! So I, I do like the idea that um, you know the assistant coach he was widely respected. I think and. People are talking about him for David head coach. Vanterpool. Vanterpool, by the way. yeah, he's getting Portland opportunities to, to interview for head coaching jobs. So obviously, he's a guy that is one of the big names for assistant coaches now. And that's what that's what you, if you're going to give the job to Ryan Saunders, you have to surround him with a good coaching staff because he's not only young, he's you know never okay. He was a head coach last year for however many games, but 
this is essentially he's a first-time head coach, so you need to surround him with – and I do like the idea of this offense-defense coordinator thing. I think that's – I have no problem with it. It's something different. It's kind of the way the NBA is going. So if this guy's an expertise in defense, give it a shot. I like the fact that until – what's today? Friday, I said? Mm-hmm. Until Thursday morning of this week, I had never heard the name David Vanterpool in my life. I love the fact that Gerson, mm-hmm. if you're going to go with Ryan, I don't want to know. I don't want to be familiar with anyone else. This team. You want I, Jerry Seesting? I don't want Jerry in. I don't want Whitman in. I don't Sid want Lowe. Sid Lowe in. And, I, and I'm being serious. Yeah. I want everybody that they hire to be people we don't know sure. for the basketball operation side of thing. I don't care if you hire a ticket. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when. when uh, when uh, Jerry turned up on the bench with Saunders, and I know he knows him, and yeah. the relationship goes way back, but when Jerry turned up, I thought, no, 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 you can't. No, this no is if not you're going to shake direction. it up, you got to shake it up. Exactly. Yeah. As much as you I mean, yeah, you brought back Saunders, so people say you're not really shaking it up. But it, but after that. Everything else, you're, you are. Because you are, uh, he said we're going to question the norm. Well, then don't bring back all the coaches that have been here over the years yeah. if you're questioning the norms. you know. Why do you think? And I don't even have a major problem with this, but it's the way it's unfolded that, I guess, uh, confounds me now, Chip Scoggins. Why do you think Paul Fetton is desperate to trade Jason Zucker like Zucker did something that I just, you know, I don't know. They nearly moved him to Calgary at the deadline. Okay, you know, I'm again, I, I didn't like that the uh, the return, I think, was a guy by the name of Michael Froelich. I don't like the return. But, you know, okay, you shopped him. You shopped guys. I get that. Uh, then they tried to trade him to Pittsburgh for Kessel, which I didn't like because I, I don't want yeah. an older Phil Kessel. You didn't get younger. <laughs> and now a, there was a report on Wednesday from a Vancouver radio reporter that the Canucks have like two or three proposals and are talking to Fenton about acquiring oh, I didn't see Zucker. But I, and I don't mind trading him. But this, <sighs> this is like the most bizarre, and it keeps getting out. And yeah. I'm now confused. This is, your, this is an asset. Well, He's gonna, and by the way, if you put him with on a top two, uh, two lines with another team and a center that can get him the puck, he's probably going to score well, 30 goals. His speed, yeah. And we've seen, I mean, he's a dynamic skill-wise. Speed, can you know, can score. I, my only guess is Fenton just says, I want to break up this core as best I can. The guys that I can get rid of, I want to get rid of. But, and I want to start over. That's but would what Jason that, maximize it then? Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you, and I don't even have a problem with that. But it's now become this. Oh my god, I got to you know. And now Phil Kessel. Well, Phil Kessel is you know an older player. I mean, and thank God he was smart enough to look at the wild depth chart and say, "I'm not yeah. going there." It's like that. Well, Fenton's uh, he's you know talked about it ad nauseum that we got to get younger. This team, you know, look how young we were. Yeah, the right. team, and exactly. so now you're talking about Phil Kessel. <laughs> I mean, how would that make you younger? And so, well, now he's at the point, Judd, that. I mean, I think you have to move on, right? How are you going to oh, bring him back to camp and say, Agreed. Ah, we love you. Go get him. You Agreed, know? but you've got it. But and, but, the but problem, you can't get fleeced because of it now. But the problem now, I think, is everyone you talk to knows that knows what you just said. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So this is not good? No. And so now you're going to get lowballed on offers yes. probably. I think the problem is this. And, and the Vikings, in my opinion, the Vikings, the Twins, and Wolves – are pretty much on the right path. Mm-hmm. Like the Wolves, I have no idea, but I like what I like bringing in new people. I like it that. feels right. It feels right. Yeah. The Wild is in that incredibly dangerous zone of GM has ideas and wants to sort of do his thing. Owner still wants to make the playoffs at any expense. So the because oh, the and only a roster that doesn't make sense. But the only reason to get Kessel back would be out of desperation. 
because you just said it yourself. It makes no sense for the central guy making deals to be to tell you we want to get younger. Which okay, cool, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, and then to come back with, but we almost acquired Phil Kessel. They're they're in a weird spot where you're right. I think the GM wants to rebuild. And I think the owner wants to keep cashing. Keep trying to get playoff checks. It's not going to work, and it, it can't be too. You don't know really what the plan is, right? He's. They're saying we're, we're rebuilding on a flight. No, there's no such thing. You're tearing it down, right? You're, yes. you're You want to tear down and start over with this roster, but you know that's that's the the dirty word in sports, right? Rebuild because that just assumes you're going to be bad, and you don't want people to drop their tickets because oh, they're not trying, and they're going to be young, and they're going to be terrible. So I understand the owner saying, "Oh, it's, it's we're doing this on a fly, and we still want to make the playoffs." I, I think Fenton just wants to get rid of that core and start over. I think he does too. But there's also a point in time then when he's got got to go back to Craig and say, Craig, you hired me to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem then is if I'm Craig, I say, yeah, I did. And you traded Nino for Victor (laughs) Rath, whose only bad thing is he can't skate. Yeah, you made made a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that's going to go down right right now as one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade in franchise history. Mm Mm-hmm. And forget all these other Chuck deals. So I don't know if, if you know, Leopold's having one of those, uh-oh, you know, what what are we doing here? Moment. And that he very well could be. But but it's also on him because if this was – if your goal was to continually just make the playoffs, then don't fire Chuck. Yeah, and say tweaks when yeah. this is clearly not tweaks. But then why fire Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, but you couldn't – I think where, where they were at, and, you know, I mean, something had to be – they needed a shake-up in some way. But then when Fenton tells you, here's what we're going to do, you've got to be like, oh, okay, all in. And, and the fact that he sent – and the fact that Craig Leopold sent out a video immediately after those yeah. trades were made and said, we're still going to try and win. What's the message there? Yeah. Okay, so you want to tread water, but you want to rebuild and – Well, it's funny. You can't do both. You know, there's, you hear from fans like, let's be really bad and get a top three pick. And that's how you get a superstar, right? Just right. trying to – That's how you get a center. That's how you get a really yeah. high-end – franchise change in player, you're not getting them at price 17. Well, and here's You the, could, but it, the odds are, you know, slimmer. And here's the reality of doing that and the direction that they probably just should bite the bullet and go and I don't like it, but I would do it at this point because they are to me they're they're going off a very dangerous cliff. Contractually Spurgeon is going to come up here pretty soon. You trade him. Ooh. And you just get bad. I don't know. I don't Craig know. would never do that, but but He's not going to – Jared Spurgeon can't save you, but he can make you just good enough to not be, be – you're going to end up in that middle I, zone. Yeah. And I would also look long and hard at trading Dubnik. Yeah. I mean, it's – It's not a good situation. It's hard to say to, – to get yourself to that point where you're saying, we know we're going to be bad. Let's purposely be bad. Yep. That's a hard thing in sports to do. It's Because you have you – have, and, the and they do have a look – it's because there's no guarantees you're coming out of it the way you think you are no but if you do it in a really smart way you can come out of it pretty quickly that's the one thing we've learned the the one thing that's gone from when we were well probably not kids but in our 20s was the five-year plan Mm -hmm. it used to be it used to always be it's five years yeah it's not five years now yeah if you do it right you can come out of it much quicker than five years because I just remember in the 90s, every, there were a lot of five-year, oh, yeah. five years. Yeah. Got, it was like know, the magic number. We're yeah. going to be great. It's yeah, like, I don't, don't know. wait five years if you do this. Right? I don't know, Judd. I mean, it's – boy, what does that say to your – you 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 need your fans to be on, now, on the same page. I know. Well, I don't know what they're telling them, honestly. You almost got the hot dog eating Phil Kessel. <laughs> What's that message? 
No, I just I don't I'm confused. Yeah. Well, trading Zucker that that'll be unpopular, right? It will. Yes, it will be. But he's hell bent on doing it, and I don't. And at this point, if you're Zucker, you're like, what? We're gonna stand with this organization. But do you think that he's gonna get? I don't think see any way that he maximizes that value now because there's you're well, dealing with nobody unless you can create four teams that are desperate. And but he's also looking at okay, who on this team that has contracts I can trade that have some value? Yep. And you're right, Spurgeon. Zucker, there's not a whole lot. I mean, because you're not, you know, some of these guys have no trades or whatever. You, you parade, have yeah. very few, like, players that would, you know, get you a nice return. Uh, tomorrow, so on Saturday of this week, Lindsey Whalen becomes the first Lynx player to get her mm-hmm. jersey n- number raised to the rafters, which is outstanding. Uh, one of the easily best stories in the state. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and an eminently likable person and just a great story. And here, here's the one thing that I will say about her in watching her compete. And it's a damn shame that more uh, players on teams in this town don't have it. She reminded me of Mark Messier. She might not have been the best player. She's really good. She might not have always been the best player. But damn, did she win her? Damn, did she have that ability to, to say, if we're not doing well, it stops now. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah. She was an all time winner. Well, she is. I mean, most winningest player in WNBA history, yeah. which. But just everywhere she went? High school, this college, went to the. Yeah. The Gopher program was atrocious. They were playing in the, in the pavilion. And they deserved to be. Yeah. And then because of that team, you know, led by Waylon, the crowds get so big they had to move into Williams Arena. They go to Final Four. It's just, I mean, phenomenal story. And, and really. Kind of the way she um, handled all the, I don't know if it's pressure, but just the spotlight on her and being, I mean, think about how many young girls in the state started playing basketball because of Lindsay. Oh, I mean, exactly. think about her impact on girls' basketball in this state and just how beloved and how. Well, and, and perhaps just sports. I did a column today on finding people who wore seven or 13 because their uh, twins are doing hour next week. And. Like when you're kids, I had I mean, these, you know, people that are probably in their mid twenties now. When both those, when Lindsay and Joe were at their peak, right? Sure. If you were a kid, it's ten years old or whatever. And I found uh, a woman who's now twenty three who just wanted to be Waylon. Her whole bedroom wall was newspaper clippings. If any time Waylon was in newspaper, her grandparents clipped out and sent it to her pictures. You know, wore numbers. She would fight to get number thirteen. Think about how many kids were in that boat, right? Yes. That played basketball because of Waylon. The gift there, though, goes back to the fact that that a lot of people are are gifted in sports and mm-hmm. are really good athletes, but the ability to not just be good but also win that much, yeah, and that mentality and that drive. Oh, she was feisty now. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, to, that's the yeah, that's the aspect that I think is far more rare. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Joe was competitive, but he didn't have that. Yeah, like very few people have that. Yeah, that we're not losing type. We're thing. not going to yeah. lose. Yeah. Well, you and the guts to basically go up to teammates and and mm-hmm. you might be liked, but you're also slash respected and feared a little bit. Yeah. Oh, sure. And respect is the main thing. Yeah. I mean, like when she would put her head down and drive to the hole, like and it was winning time. Yeah. Like that was classic Wayland, right? Yeah. I'm gonna get to the hole no when matter what. I'm gonna your get, ass yeah, so yeah, yeah. So and and she didn't change. You know, great competitor, great person. You know, a lot of people in the media know her well, and she 
she just, I mean, she's as good as come through the state in terms of her impact and winning and how she treats people. And I think she'll get that the women's program over there turned around pretty quick, too. Last thing quickly, why on earth didn't high school basketball pass a shot clock? Money. Just cost. Which I think there's Can I read eight states. to help Yeah, it's, and it's not so much... It's not so much the like we saw in the state tournament championship game where you just hold the ball for the whole thing. It's like I saw it like three, four times this year against East Ridge where teams would not look to shoot, but they would have like two minute possessions where they're just passing and cutting around. And they're not even looking to shoot because they didn't want to get in a track meet and have it up and down. So they'd have these long possessions, and we would sit there and watch and be like, "Let's go shoot the ball!" Right? It was no, dry, I, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a problem. And so, but it's it's a, it's a cost, and I I don't know what the figure is, but you'd have to buy the equipment and you have to have someone to run it and you you can't just have a high school kid run it. I wouldn't think you'd want an adult that's been trained and all that. You'll do it. And, yeah, I'll do it. East Ridge. And but Chicago. other states have done it. I Every think night next winter available. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'll run the thing. Tee people up too. I, I I can tell you this, coaches want it. Well, they you should. Know. Yeah, coaches want it's it. It's two thousand nineteen. But it, it, it there I is don't a cost care about high school basketball that much and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, this. there is a cost to it and that's I think that's the only reason. All right, Chip Scoggins. Hey right, brother. Jonathan Harrison, thank you very much. Condo it's a trouble back next week.